Hey, what's up? This is Dan Fields, and you're listening to Save It For The Show. This is episode 108, and on this week's show, I have Jamie Newberry, who is a professional web designer, developer, UX specialist, writer, speaker, the whole thing. She's the real deal, and we have a great chat, of course, about the web and the internet, and in particular, design as a job and why it deserves to be treated like a job. We also talk a lot about Las Vegas, where we are both born and raised, which is true, which is a thing. People actually live there and not in a casino. We talk about what it's like raising kids with technology and all sorts of other things. It's a great talk, and I think you'll enjoy it very much. If you're a fan of hers and you're checking out my show for the first time, thank you. And stick around. If you like podcasts from people that are honest and funny and raw as i've been describing the show lately i think you'll like the show typically it's my co-host and i sitting around making each other laugh quite a bit and in fact next week's show will be just that so if you're a regular listener of the show eddie and i will be back next week doing what we do best and without further ado here is the show with jamie please enjoy and thanks for listening Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Save It For The Show, episode 108. This is Dan Fields, and with me today I have an awesome guest, Jamie Newberry, who is a writer, a speaker, a coach. I wanted to ask you about that word coach, but Jamie's on the show today. What's up, Jamie? Hello, Dan. How are you? Good. And and right, (laughs) right before we started, you said something interesting, which is often the case on my show. We don't know each other at all. (laughs) <laughs> this is our first our first contact really other than a couple emails back and forth yes zero so very nice to meet you i know it's funny very nice to meet you too i like doing these shows with people where i don't know them because it's almost like a weird pseudo date slash job interview slash <laughs> you know thing coffee with a new friend yes right? that's kind of how you know we yeah we you know that i am also um the co-host of another podcast so it, yeah and that's kind of our our thing is it's like catching up with a new friend yeah if not an old friend exactly there you go and, and i knew immediately when i called you and you had the nicest voice and you laughed and you're smiling <laughs> and i thought to myself this is going to be a great guest i'm excited Yay. Well, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for coming on. And like I said, so I found you because a good friend of my show, Ben, was on a couple weeks ago and he recommended I check you out and reach out to you. And I did. And then I did reach out. You reached back. and, And here we are. And I think the reason why, and like you said, you have a podcast of your own. And our backgrounds are kind of similar, especially yours in design and development and UX and stuff like that. So kind of to kick it off and for my listeners at home who don't know you, maybe go ahead and give a little intro kind of on you and and kind of what you do for a living. Sure. So, um, well, my name's Jamie Newberry. You got that part. (laughs) So I'm a, yeah, a writer, a speaker, a coach, a consultant. Um, I kind of do a whole bunch of stuff. I'm also a mom um, of two girls. I do a podcast and we actually, we just recorded our 100th episode. So we're, we're going to kind of push pause and Dave, the co-host and I are, are we'd started another project last year and we're going to pick that back up and do a short season, about five or six episodes of something completely different. Nice. And then we'll pick up Unprofessional. It's the name of our, our other show. Um, we're going to pick up Unprof- Unprofessional again later. But yeah, I kind of do a whole bunch of stuff. But my background is, yes, like you mentioned, 
Um, I used to be a web designer way back in the day and um, kind of owned my own animation shop for a while. I was a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Moved on to do mobile apps. I worked with Zappos and Apple and um, lots of stuff in the mobile realm and u- user experience. And, and I've gone now I, I talk and I write about it and I coach other people mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep going on and on. Whoop. <laughs> Uh oh, of course. You still there? There you are. Ah. It, it wouldn't be a show without a slight Skype hiccup, right? Always good times, right? Yeah. yeah. You sound super Always. crisp, but it seemed like the connection was good. But it it bobbled out right when you were saying, um, like you do work for <laughs> Apple and. Yeah, I, yeah. I have in the past, and and um, all kinds of like big companies, I guess is. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of work for a lot of really big, like Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. A lot of them I'm not allowed to talk about. We did very strict NDA work on sure. the mobile application side of things. But a lot of really good stuff, a lot of great experience. And, and now I've kind of spun that into coaching. I don't do hands-on product work so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I go in and help folks um, sharpen their teams. And they do the work themselves. And I just help them you know, learn, learn the skills basically. And, um, sometimes there are holes and sometimes you have a fantastic team already. It's not about sharpening skills, but they, um, need better internal communications with the the folks making decisions and and road mapping and stuff. So I go in and help with communications. That's a good gig. And it sounds very authentic. I think a lot of people who fall into the, I'm a coach and I'm a, a do this stuff. You look at their background and you say, Dude, you haven't done anything. What are you, what are you coaching? You've, you've never had a real job in the field. You've never been in the trenches. You don't really know how the sausage is made. And it sounds like you do and have done all that. So to spin that into this kind of thing is is kind of the goal. I mean, that's kind of the dream, I think, for a lot of people where you do it, you're successful at it, and then you can help other people do it and be successful at it. So congrats on being able to do that for a living. Thank you. And that's really, you know, you you kind of hit the nail on the head there is like helping other people. That's really where where it's at, you know, for me. That's and the coaching thing I've brand, you know, I I do a lot of personal coaching as well. So there's sort of the corporate coaching and then there's like the personal side and I do help a lot of individuals with stuff as well. And so and and it is it's 100% about I just want to help people like help people reach their goals and do, you know, whatever their dreams are. Like, I love this stuff. I love it. And I just want to do more of it. That's awesome. You probably would have been a very good therapist as well. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I I don't know. That seems with all, I think it comes with user experience, you know, with user experience, you, it's so much the study of psychology and the study of human beings and their, their reasoning. And, you know, after doing that, like I've really been doing that now for 17 years and Mm -hmm. it just kind of seems like the natural next step is working, you know, not just on interfaces themselves, but the human interface, literally. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. Well, it's awesome. And, and I agree. I, I'm a new business. And a lot of what I do, too, I feel like it's matchmaking and sort of just making people happy and what they're doing, whether that's finding the right person for the right job or something like that. I, I get a lot of satisfaction from it, too. And I, I used to be on the other end doing it. So I don't know. I, I really recommend to anybody who's sort of doing something. If you can get to a capacity where you enjoy helping others do it, it's 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 really rewarding. So I it is. I, it's it a is. lot of fun. So that's very cool. Yeah, it is cool. So I and and like you, I work from home as well, which is uh, you know a treat unto itself. 
I totally agree. How long have you been working from home? Not too long, just about three years. And prior to that,、oh, cool. I was, you know, nine to five commute dude, you know,、yeah. like, like most of us. And now that I've, ta <laughs> I've tasted this lifestyle, I don't know how I'm ever going to have a regular job again. It's, it's so true. That's,、um, I mean, just from my own, my own experience, like I, I was a, Partner, I mentioned that I think earlier at an animation studio, and we did have an office here in Las Vegas and one in Chicago. And、um, so I did commute to my office, but I, I was an owner, you know, so I could work from home if I needed to. Work, work, work from the office was nice. I had a great team. Sure. But、um, after we closed up shop, I went to work for Zappos for about two years. And、uh, Yeah, about a year in, I was kind of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's like an hour commute across town for me. It's,、um, yeah, I don't know, you know, and two years, like I did it for two years, and then it was time. It was after you have exactly like you said, after you've done that, you've had a taste of working for yourself. Yeah.、Um, it's really hard to go back. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been good. Nice. Well, let's, I'm, just, I'm trying to ride this train as long as I can. And, That's it. You know, you know? Just, just do our thing. <laughs> so, I definitely want to ask you about Las Vegas and we can get to that. And、uh, so, I wanted to ask you something too. The past few weeks,、uh, a tweet、uh, from a designer was making the rounds from a guy named Dan Casero. And I, I, I don't follow him, I didn't know him, but I certainly saw the tweet because nearly every web designer and developer that I follow on Twitter tweeted it. And it was the fact that I think Showtime sent out this sort of blank email about a boxing match asking him to do kind of pro bono is not the right word because that connotates、mm -hmm. charity, but it was, hey, like portfolio work almost. You、mm -hmm. know, you go ahead and do this for us. You design something cool for our boxing match. And it, it's kind of to me a long line of brands being lazy. <laughs> it, it's the whole like share your story, you write the advertising for us, consumer. Except、yeah. with designers. Now, if you're a, a man or a woman sitting at home and you want to write a tweet about how much you love Chobani yogurt, that takes about three seconds and anyone can do that,、yeah. which I still think is awfully lazy. And I'm, thankfully, we're seeing kind of, I think, the tail end of that lazy marketing. It's still around. I, I love when I see it on a <laughs> box or some brand gets really late to the game and they say, like, you know, use hashtag why I love yogurt and I just kind of、yeah, shake my head. But.、Yeah. With designers, I feel like it's especially sensitive because designers are sensitive people. And when you ask them to do what they do for a living, and most designers that are very professional are very high paid for it, when you ask them to do it for free, they freak out. And I understand why. And it really made the rounds, and it kind of plays back into、uh, Mike Montero's, you know. Fuck you, pay me thing about、yeah. being a designer. I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and the whole notion of you know, these, the designer doing things for free or, and, and kind of the mentality、uh, behind that. Well, speaking of Mike Montero, who wrote a fantastic book called Design is a Job. <laughs> it's、yeah. a great book. I just had lunch with Mike at Disneyland a couple weeks ago. Oh,、um, no shit. Disneyland. How cool is that? Of all、yeah. places. Wow. Of all places. Like, we just happened to be there at the same time. So, he and his wife and kids, and, and me and my boyfriend, we didn't take kids. Shh. Ooh.、Um, Hold on a second.、There. Wait a second. <laughs> you went to Disneyland with just your boyfriend, Sans、yeah. Kids? Sans kids, I know I'm a terrible mother, right? Like, I, I do take my kids to Disneyland, but we, we have the annual passes. Okay. And they were with their dad. And so I, 
I was like, hey, we have a couple days. Let's just do this. So we did. And so, you know, it's a four-hour drive for us. It's not a huge deal. It's close. But how did you break it to them and say, oh, yeah, while you're at your dad's house, we uh, clean the house? We don't. Yeah, we don't. So we don't say (laughs) we went to Disneyland. So, yeah, it's just kind of like we do. You go in, you're out, you're done. And then they have lunch with Mike. (laughs) And they come home and they find the mouse ears and they say, Mom, where where did you get these from? They're hidden. They're hidden. It's the photos. That's the part you have to be careful about. It's the photos. Yeah, they don't. They're probably too young to follow you on Instagram or anything like that. So the oldest one does. The oldest one is. So you got to be careful. So you went to Disneyland and you probably saw 100 shots and thought, shit, I want to take a picture of this but i can't post it or i take them i don't post or if i post it's very obscure well, <laughs> if you take a picture and don't post it on instagram does it exist ah good question i don't know no. so okay so you, so are you like a <laughs> so, disneyland person is that like a thing that I you am do a huge disneyland person grew up and i don't mean to shift the topic no let's please your actual question no i don't care but, like, shift away so and here's another one like i'm gonna be speaking in at disney world for an event apart Orlando um, in October. Another one I won't be taking my kids to. So I'm a fantastic parent. <laughs> but um, it's just mostly because that's a conference and I will be there for work. And it's a three-day conference and I like to actually attend the conferences that I go to. And sure. a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, not quite, uh, you know, conference prime. No, I, I think they would be bored to tears. So I do you're think good so to as do well. that. Did you grow yeah, up in Southern California or were you born and raised in Vegas? Born and raised in Vegas until about fifth grade, then moved to rural Nevada, and then um, back to Vegas, then Northern California, actually. And so, yeah. Well, we have that in common, too. I was born and raised in Las Vegas as well. And I left when I um, graduated high school. I went to school in San Diego, and then I made my way back up to Reno, which then transported me over here to now Northern California as well. Now, you live in, is it Sacramento? Yeah, I live in Sacramento, though. And I was telling you, my sister lives in Carmichael, which is right right there. Yeah, basically. that's too that's funny. Very cool. Okay, and I definitely, like I said, let's put a pin in Vegas. I want to pick your brain on that. Yeah, we'll go but back yes. to the question you actually asked, <laughs> yes. which was, you know, how do I feel? You know, I, I, I think that, um, boy, that's a tough one. So, I, I mean, I understand, you know, maybe if you're up and coming or whatever the the maybe appeal of doing spec work i've certainly done my fair share of spec work back in the day i don't i'm not for it by any means mm-hmm. i mean there's been that thing recently as well with the, the five dollar logos yeah Have you seen that oh sure thing? yeah fiverr i mean i thought 99 designs was bad and then five dollar logos yeah um, you know i'm not for that kind of thing i think that it's taken a long time for people to understand the field of design and it's not just making something pretty that design is problem solving mm-hmm. design is a much bigger thing than um you know just painting something or making it pretty i mean it, it can be that as well but it, it there's a little more involved and it, it's you know it's just not like not like we're designers because we couldn't do anything else you know it, it's just like that's what we do that's where our heart is and where our passion is and yes we should be paid for that design is a job yes <laughs> And and yeah, like I, I don't know, man. I think that designers who, you know, that fall into accepting that kind of work. I mean, I guess if there's something, 
if it's really challenging you, you know, everybody has their personal reasons for doing that sort of thing. I think you can cheapen the value of the industry if you keep taking that kind of stuff on. Sure. And, you know, and those are the, the folks that get upset. Well, we got to pay the bills and we got to, you know, we can't. I see a lot of commentary around Mike Montero in particular. where He's like, you know, you got to choose your clients. And I'm a big fan of, of that. I'm a huge follower of that belief. Oh, yeah. Um, you do choose your clients just as much as they choose you. And it, it's OK to turn people away. In fact, you should be turning some people away and Agreed. I know you got to keep the lights on and, and feed your kids I do I'm a single mom and I got to you know do yeah. the same thing but like I, I do believe that it's worse if you're taking on the wrong the wrong situation just for the dollar mm-hmm. for the wrong reason the wrong client whatever it is like it pays to wait in every instance I've ever tried like you know turn something down where it felt like oh I should do it just for the money right if I just hold out something better always comes along that's a good way of looking at it something things always work out they do they really do just have to believe I know. <laughs> that sounds so corny it does. but it's so true people like us are corny damn it I don't <laughs> care but you're right just wait things will happen I I kind of go both ways on this issue and I, I like in like I mentioned Instagram and photography in general I think photography is feeling a similar pain that designers have felt forever because now anyone can pay a couple hundred bucks or even on their iPhone take good enough photos and trick people you know I think we all have friends on Facebook who are now a quote-unquote photographer and people will pay them money to take their pictures in a park and you know they they catch the lighting just right and they over process everything they put some weird filter (laughs) on it filters yeah or my favorite (laughs) is like the selective coloring where it's black and white and a little kid is holding a red rose things like that there's always a market for that and to them I almost feel like these people play with each other you know the people that are shitty at doing photography find people who like shitty photography and they pay each other money and they kind of do their own thing (laughs) because folks like us and sort of the, uh, I don't know, folks like us, that sounds awful, but but (laughs) people who know what a good picture is or know what good design is, they, they see the value in it. And there'll always be the local Chinese restaurant that has a hundred dollars and will pay somebody a hundred dollars for a logo. That's just, you know, papyrus font, and Mm -hmm. just laid out weird they think it looks great their customers think it looks okay so i don't know i mean this is a a very roundabout way of me saying i almost feel like there's a market for the five dollar logo and in a way that's kind of okay but it's cheapens the industry as a whole but you kind of have to look at it too that there are these other people who they're not at a level even close to being able to charge five grand for a logo or, or sure, more. Sure. So I don't know. And and Squarespace, funny enough, is a sponsor of my show. So yep, I should I love Squarespace. Uh, and so do I. <laughs> and you know, they got a lot of flack too a few months ago because they had like a logo maker. Do you remember yeah. that? And people were livid that, oh my God, it's cheapening design and whatever. And to me I feel like Squarespace kinda is, but I feel like it's bringing up design. I mean all their sites are so beautiful. That's the thing. Like back in the day when I owned my own, you know, we were a web and animation shop, interactive shop, and that's what we did. We made, and I was so anti the templates because right. they were awful. You know, or people charging, you know, five hundred dollars per page or whatever. It's like that's not how you create a website. But right. Squarespace has really changed things and my thinking on that for sure. I'm, I actually, my personal site is a Squarespace site. Like it saved me time, saved me money. You know, there you go. All of those things, and I think it looks great. So it's yeah, there's it's my- easy to have a fantastic site now. 
there's my ad for Squarespace in this week's show. I'm gonna I'm gonna pipe in. I, I whenever <laughs> I talk about Squarespace, I kind of pipe in this corny music. I'm gonna be playing the music while when mm. I edit this. And there's your ad right there. I mean, Jamie, a, a professional web designer and developer who knows this world, sees the value in. I just need something simple, beautiful, responsive, and easy. And that that site would cost 15, 20 grand of a friend of mm. yours with a back end and everything. For Squarespace, yeah. it just it really serves a purpose and serves a need and is elevated design. And now I see designers ripping off Squarespace design. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's, it's come true. full circle. So okay, it's it's a it's a delicate issue, that's for sure. And I don't know what the deal is. So you did say one thing that I thought was interesting. The notion of working on certain things and turning clients down. Is there anything that you wouldn't work on, you know, whether that's politics or alcohol or <laughs> cigarettes, or, you know, anything like that? You know, I don't have, um, like, I, I don't think off the cuff I can answer that question. I I really base most of my stuff off of the, the person that I'm working with. Sure. And where I, I'm not really doing, um, you know, product work anymore. So, you know, it kind of changes the game a little bit for me. If, if I, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm not a drinker per se and I'm not a smoker. But, like, if, you know, whatever, Marlboro came to me and said, hey, our team needs your help. Like, of course I'm going to. I don't think that necessarily means I'm advocating smoking. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, but I'm also not like super against it either. <laughs> so right, yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I, I mean, if it's politics, you know, if it's one party versus another party, like I am happy to get in and help. I don't think I would do something that's hate driven yeah. ever. You know, so if there's like a hate driven thing or something that's just mean, mean spirited, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but if it, you know, I say that and then like smoking kills people. I guess there's a, a line there. But sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like I, I I try to look at it at like what am I helping and what are we trying to do here? Like what is the actual problem we're trying to solve and base my decisions off of that. Um, you know, yeah. Am I trying to convince a bunch of people to smoke? Maybe that wouldn't be one I'd be so pro taking on. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, those are sort of my boundaries. Is I, I, it's always a people chemistry first for me. Yeah. And then we look at what the problem is that we're trying to solve, and if that feels like a good fit, then I'm in. It's funny you say that because a lot of times the best work comes from the person handling the job on that end. If they're an awful, terrible person, <laughs> I don't care if the job's a million dollars and it's for. Yep. You used to back in the day, you used to say Apple or Nike, like that was like right, the you right. know the golden standard of a thing. But whatever, let's say that's that. If that person is just a piece of crap, the work's going to suffer. It'll be awful. And sometimes Absolutely. it's the smallest, simplest jobs for the humble, sweet people are the exactly. best. And, and it's worth it. It's just, it's worth the time. They're, you know, the communication is open. That's a big one. You know, it's just, um, mm-hmm. you've got to know that the communication is going to be open and honest and, and direct. It doesn't have to be flowery. Right. It just needs to be honest. And you have to be able to work through issues. Like, I want them to tell me there are issues. I want to have conversations about why a decision I made isn't going to work or whatever. But like, sure. I want to be able to talk through them and know that we can arrive at a reasonable outcome. My friends and I used to joke at the old shop I would work at that if everything fell to shit and everything, we went out of business or something, that mm-hmm. there's there's nobody, you never hear about job hirings at websites that make pornography. Like right, there's right. this sort of like shadow market of probably very good and amazing developers and designers. Well, I shouldn't say that. 
I, I, it might be. It might well, very good, but you look at the the work on some of these sites, and it's not exactly like content aside. Like, I hate to be such a nerd, but every once in a while, we'd pull up a site and be like, "Look at the UX on this pornography right. website. This is awful." And you know, like I said, content aside, like somebody out there though is doing that for a living. Sure. And we would joke that, yeah, you know what? If all else fails. I think there'll always be a job for a web designer in pornography because that business is not going away uh, regardless. It's true. It's actually, it's a huge business. And, 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 you know, and I actually, in my early, like when, before I owned my own place and I used to do a lot of freelance stuff, I did take on an adult themed site at one point. um, And it was really short lived, a really short lived contract. And the reason, this is funny, we just talked about this on our show a few weeks ago. I don't remember when, but um but it was because of the the content actually and not not imagery but the words the the copywriting hmm. the copywriting i couldn't stand the bad grammar and like it <laughs> drove me bananas that they didn't i would edit the copy for them i'm a bit of a, a copy um i love copywriting that's yeah. like a thing that i love i love the words part of things and um anyway so yeah i would revise their copy and they'd be like no 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 it has to be like this this terrible slang or terrible and that was the that was the deal breaker for me of all things that's funny so, yeah i don't know well, anyway listen when you see you know there use the for the wrong there i mean it's mm. it can it can drive you crazy or the twos or yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true no fault in that uh, no judgment here i i do the same so poor grammar. It's poor awful. Grammar. You you mentioned you have children, and yep. I have children too. I have three kids, and my kids. I have two boys, which is funny. Like you have two girls, and my kids are <laughs> eight and six. And I actually just had a newborn daughter about five months ago. Congratulations! Thank you. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> is. I forgot, sort of. Your brain is amazing, right? It right. it makes you forget <laughs> the bad times. It really does. And then you have a fresh baby, and you're like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about all this part. And it's yeah. she's such a, she's a gem. I mean, she's just a doll. But you forget, like you really don't sleep. Like at all for uh, those first few months. It's tricky. Either way, what I wanted to ask you about was, (laughs) you know, being that the industries we work in and technology as a whole. And, you know, I think when I was a kid growing up, there was this and and even today, there's still this weird stereotype that, you know, girls don't like video games and girls don't like technology Ah, and, you know, give them a Barbie and, you know, whatever. And now I think that obviously that couldn't be further from the truth. And I wanted to ask you with your daughters, you know, where technology kind of fits in your life, whether it's mommy, let me play on your iPhone or, Mm. you know, we're watching (laughs) screen time in general. I mean, screen time is now a word I think used in most houses with kids because it's it's valuable and it's what kids want. And it's not as if I mean, my wife and I, of course, we have our phones and we like to use this, too. But I feel like from the second they knew what it was, they wanted it. And yep. it wasn't something I put on them. They were just drawn to it. So how do you in your house, you know, kind of draw the lines and kind of the pros and cons of having all this technology around? Well, I'm going to dive right into the pros. I got to yeah. tell you when you have <laughs> kids in the house, right? So as a user experience designer, you know, the, I think the first time I brought an iPad home, Zia, my youngest, was two. She's five now. And like Zia is a fantastic user tester. If a two-year-old can get it, you got a pretty good interface, right? There you go. So that's going to sound a little bit probably weird. Like, no. yeah, my kids are my testers, but kids are fantastic testers um, because you don't you don't tell them what you, you they will tell you they will show you 
and they will tell you um, what's good and what's not. All you have to do is shut up and watch. Especially and, kids that can't read. I mean, talk yeah, about, you exactly. know, a touch because interface. They, They'll know. Exactly. They just, they use the gestures, they figure stuff out and it's amazing. So, but anyway, I guess like, you know, so yes, technology is a huge part of our lives. Um, you know, being a, a person who has been a designer for web and, and mobile stuff for the last 17 years, right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's been, it's been a very present and their dad is a video editor and shooter. You know, he's a, like a red camera um, high-end video guy. Oh, okay. And um, so, you know, it's a, it's a technology is part of their life. Video stuff, music is a big part of their life. And so, like, my oldest, my nine-year-old, she uh, plays electric guitar. She uses GarageBand. Oh, wow. And it's awesome. It is awesome. You know, but the, the younger one, she likes the iPad. She likes watching YouTube. That's one you got to be careful with. Um, you got to put those parental control, controls on there. Oh. But they both, you know, they're both Minecraft people, kids, and they're um, the older one's kind of grown out of the Minecraft now, but... Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's apps and stuff that they use. As far as limiting screen time, sure. You know, there's a time that they are allowed to use it during the day. We are a little more flexible on, like, Friday nights and Saturday nights. We have stay-up nights during the summer. Yeah. Um, Same here. So far, right on par with you. So, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. And they have to have their other responsibilities done. It's it's definitely, it's a luxury, not a right, not a privilege. Yes. (laughs) Or whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's a... Yeah, it's it's a luxury item, and they have to have their other stuff done. And it's the you know first thing they lose if they're in trouble is nope, oh, you're out. Oh, and it makes them mad. I mean, when I speaking of Minecraft, I mean my boys just are obsessed with it, and they want to play it. They want to yeah. watch videos of it. I've I've talked about yeah. this a bit on the show, and especially on YouTube. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it, cupquake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can't um you can't just let them be on there because you're right it's a wormhole of one video leads to another next thing you know they're watching like some vlog from some minecraft player and the content can be a little uh a little less than savory for a young kid it can be and you know like yeah where they're young like some of them are you know they're older teenage kids or they're young adults or whatever and you know i don't shelter my kids from language like i want them to be aware of these are the languages but you don't use these and right. you need to you know i don't like my kids correcting adults you know we don't talk like that no you don't talk like that right. maybe adults do but you don't correct other adults so i don't know maybe i'm a little more on the liberal side of parenting at times but um i think you and i are more i don't want to say modern but i mean we watched mrs doubtfire over the weekend <laughs> and I, I love that movie it totally and it totally stands up i mean if you watch it with your kids, it's great. But I think it's PG, and it's like a 90s PG, which I yep. think is a little... I mean, you know, they said shit in it, and <laughs> I think they said, like, piss off, and just things that... I mean, they look at us. They looked at my wife and I, and we just said, yeah, you know, look, I mean, you know what the word shit is, and just don't use it. it. Yeah, and, yeah, and they don't cuss. Exactly. It's, it takes sort of all the, the power out of that word, too, by we just say, you know what, listen, it's a word... Please don't use it, and it, you know we're not ranting and raving at them if they say any of these either, and they don't say it because there's no, uh, I don't know. If they tell me to shut up, I think that would be worse than if they <laughs> yeah, said you know right. <laughs> a, a bad right? word. That's I I think I'm more against naivety of the realities of the world. You know, I don't want them to be naive. I knew kids like that growing up that were really naive, and I was always like, oh, I'm so concerned about them when they you know, know. get into the real world. It's like, don't be so sheltered that you don't know what. That that the real world is going to be scary once you're actually in it, you know. That's why um, that's why I let my kids drink and smoke now too, 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> just get it out of your system. This stuff is going to happen. Oh, that's hilarious. The one thing I do think, though, which is it's very easy to be a lazy parent these days. Oh, and, it is. Oh, my gosh. So you don't want to rely on. No. Yeah. And that's you're so, so right on that. You just give them a phone. And <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, every once in a while, if I go out to a restaurant with my wife, which is, you know, very rare and we bring yeah. the kids, if it's like a Friday night, like you said, and for, you know, 20 minutes, they want to play on an iPhone there while my wife and I have a conversation. I really don't care. I, I, right. I could care less. And every once in a while, I'll get a look from like an older person in the restaurant like, oh, look at these young parents with their yeah. kids just sitting on an iPhone. And I want to say, you don't have a clue what's going on over here. This may be the only 20 minutes that my kids have played on a phone all week. Yeah. And if it gives my wife and I a chance to have a nice conversation and then turn back to the kids and play tic-tac-toe and do all the fun stuff, you know, so you, you really never know when you look at somebody what their thing is. But the other thing I feel like is on one hand, you have all this tech and I love seeing the toys that my kids gravitate to because on the other hand, I feel like it's super analog stuff. So, of course, it's always right. Lego. But then were your girls into the rainbow looms? And all that. Um, a little bit. Like, yeah, my older one really loves stuff like that. Like, she was doing sewing for a while. She was into, like, making little felt animals with oh, sewing. Oh, how and, cute. And then, um, yeah, she liked the those. Is that what those little rubber bands are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she still loves that stuff. So, yeah. And the younger one, not so. They're very different, my two girls. They're very, very different from each other. Yeah. Um, I posted a, a photo on Instagram this morning, actually, of my youngest one getting ready for school. It's, they're not in full school right now. They're in summer camp still for another week. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, yeah, they. so she's getting ready. Her room's all pink. You know, and she's she's my girly girl, and the older one is a little bit more. Um, she's not, I don't know if tomboy is even the right word, but she's she doesn't care so much, you know, about that stuff. Like you know, Zia's in here putting her makeup on, and like yeah, she's five, and she has a little eyeshadow and glitter and stuff like a glitter lip gloss. So yeah, I'm cool with that <laughs> stuff. It's fine, but. Um, you know, it's a big deal. She likes her dresses and her skirts and pretty things and little kid high heels. And, you know, just like, wow, she's so girly, like way more girly than me. And then the older one is like her black stretchy pants and a T-shirt. And she, you know. Isn't that funny how these kids are? I mean, They're just very different. It's just I know it's just the whole nature versus nurture thing. But you really I mean, even if they'd both come out and you were so girly and forced it on them, I mean, who knows what they would have done in the face of that. So it's it's cool. It seems like they've organically got these personalized. My kids are the same, too. They're very different. But they're brothers. Mm -hmm. The one thing they have in common is they love uh, fighting with each other phys <laughs> physically. They're very, very physical. And every once in a while, especially over the summer when I, they, I was around really just them and no other kids, I think to myself, man, these kids, like, do all kids fight like this? My, my, my kids, maybe they're weird or something's wrong with them. And then here in California, our school starts so early. We started school two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And I went to school and saw all these kids on campus, and immediately I felt better. Like, all right, uh, every normal. kid here is an insane, crazy bastard, not just my that kids. And I felt better about it. So Vegas. Let's talk about Vegas real quick. Ooh, Vegas. So, yeah. So you often probably get the same thing that I do being born and raised in Vegas <laughs> is, wow, didn't know that was possible because, yeah. you know, as if Vegas is some sort of magic town where people don't live off the strip or. Yeah, that, that's the things like the perceptions of being from Vegas, you know, and what I don't know. Yeah. When I when I lived in the Bay Area, um, I there were a lot of um, assumptions like, you know, that you're uh, well, being female uh, was in my 20s, 
you know, probably a little more fit and stuff, but people made that stripper assumption a lot. Oh, like wow. Not even, not even kidding. Jeez. Um, stripper or dancer, like um, showgirl. Jeez. Comments a lot. So, like, that was always kind of like, wow, really? Really? That's, that's, those are your options if you're a girl in Vegas, apparently, um, from the outworld perception. Wow. It's like, no, I actually, like, I read and stuff, and I actually don't even really, you know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I mean, hang out in those. I'm a, t- I'm a nerd, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's what I do. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, those things were always kind of interesting. Like, that, that sort of, I've run into that a lot, less so now that I'm older, but sure. you know, in my in my younger days, definitely a lot. And I don't know. Um, I always thought that was sort of weird. And I'm, you know, I'm like we talked about. I lived here until fifth grade, and then we moved to rural Nevada. So I was in a small, small town. My graduating class from high school was 38 people, 38 students. Which town? Um, it was called Panaca, Nevada. Oh, okay. Sounds kind of really familiar. Small. Yeah. It's up by Caliente. And, um, 38 kids. What brought you up there? My parents wanted, so my dad actually owned a business here in Las Vegas, a sand and gravel business. Okay. And um, he helped do like the foundation for, he did like all the foundation for Green Valley before it was a, you know, Green Valley before it existed. Sure. So you know, he had a great business here, but they wanted to get us kind of out of the city. My mom had some family in this small town. Mm. So, um, yeah, they took us to a place where they thought it would be safer, you know, a little more quaint and, and safe for kids to grow up. And it was good. You know, by the time I hit 10th grade, I was ready to get out of there. But, sure. Um, but it was good. It was a good, you know, I still, I'm still very close friends with my friend from fifth grade, like a girl that I've known since fifth grade. And we were best friends for a very long time. And Wow. Um, but you came back was, to Vegas. I, I guess that's the one thing. So I, I loved I Vegas. Did. And I did enjoy growing up there. And I always tell people the same story. Once you get off the strip, it's just like any other it's town. Different. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's rows and rows of streets. There's Walmart. It's it's, it's very <laughs> suburb. It's very suburb, and it's very well, it's, chains and box stores. And it's exactly it's, you know. even more so than a lot of say. Like it's very hard to be like. Um, it's not very commuter friendly here. You know, like a, a lot of cities have transit like public transportation that's really easy to just hop on a train or you know i've lived in san francisco chicago and um you know it's easy to get around without a car here not so much <laughs> it's no a little different that way not at all it's it's a weird it's a weird town in that and the one thing i do say about it which uh, and speaking of zappos and kind of all the stuff that zappos is trying to yeah. do with downtown vegas which is so great i mean the town needed some real culture i think yeah people think vegas has a culture and but it's not real. It's it's fake. It's the people come to Las Vegas, treat this, the town like garbage and then leave. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's why there's really no professional sports teams thrive in Las Vegas, because you don't love Las Vegas like you love New York or L.A. or Chicago or something where you like bleed the town. Yeah. And even yeah. though like you and I love the town itself, it's not it's not that same sort of pride. So I love that now that's I think growing a bit and there's there's more history now. I mean in Vegas if something's old it gets knocked down and <laughs> it's gone. So I, I love that that's trying to be preserved and that's the one thing that I always say that I, I, I hate about Vegas is I wish there was just more of that sort of vibe and it's great to see it growing and, you know, coming coming around full circle. I do like that. I do worry, actually, you know, a little bit with all of this revitalization that's happened in the downtown area. Sort of the the charm that made the the downtown area charming 
is being washed away a little bit. And I do worry about like all these casinos are like, oh, young people are here now. We got to revitalize our casino. Right. It's like, no, 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 don't touch a thing. Like the sort of, you know, divey charm of it is being washed away with new. You know, we got to get the the dealers in bikini tops and we got to do it because that's what oh, the young geez. people want. But yeah. they're not really asking us what they want. They're assuming that's what we want. And it's kind of turning into the strip a little bit. And, you know, like there's a lot of fantastic stuff happening, which I love. I love the startup community. I love the, you know, the new restaurants and stuff. They're, they're cleaning up a lot of things and making it feel safer to go down there. And I love that. Mm-hmm. So those are fantastic things. But then there's a little bit of the, the piece of it that goes too far where, you know, the plaza, you know, did an overhaul and the Fitzgerald did an overhaul. I think it's called the D now. Oh, and geez. it's like, don't change too much. Like, just keep a little bit of who you were in there because that's what that's what was so appealing about it. The Golden Gate used to have this fantastic piano bar and like you could get the 99 cent shrimp cocktail and listen to the guy at the piano bar and right. now it's gone. You oh, know, it's just no. those are the things that I miss. That's the and, point. You got to keep preserve it. You know, exactly. not knock it down. They're going to rename a casino like a hashtag or something awful because yeah, they feel like exactly. these wacky young kids, they love the Internet. And maybe if we make a no, it's it's that. OK, that makes me sad. Now, I always kind of thought <laughs> they were sort of preserving it and growing there on it. There are some of those things happening. You know, there's the refurbishments of the buildings and stuff are fantastic. A lot of the, you know, the bars and stuff that are opening are, are really cool and they're doing some fantastic things. I just I can see some of the things. The charm. Maybe, you know, it, yeah, going away and like they're trying to make it too hip. Like, yeah, do they relax just a little like there's a balance and the balance. You know, I don't want to lose the balance, but it, it'll happen and things change and Maybe it won't be a bad thing, you know. Right. Maybe I'm just kind of overly scared, but no. but I do. Vegas has have, Vegas has a tendency to overdo things, so <laughs> it, it can, you know, it, it is known for that. And that's another, I guess, sort of a funny thing. Like I do live here, but I'm probably like the least connected to Vegas person <laughs> ever. Like, um, like I don't really have any Vegas clients. I don't. I haven't. Even when I yeah. owned an animation shop here, most of our clients were Midwest, Chicago, East Coast. Um, because and we had an office in Chicago, but most of our work came out of there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not super involved with like the startup community and stuff. I've always felt a little outcast from those communities and not really sure how to fit in. And um, and I still feel that way. Yeah, I, I don't know. People probably ask you. I get this all the time too. Hey, where should I stay? What should I do? What should I eat? Like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, I, I, I haven't lived in there. Vegas in 13 years, man. And the oh. town has changed. My parents still live there, so I go there often or like yeah. once a year. And I never go to Vegas like. Vegas. Yeah. It's they always, don't live on the strip. No, right? of course I mean, not. And yeah. when I go there, even though my dad's in the casino industry, I still I'm not going there with Vegas eyes. I go there to see grandma and you know yeah. and do that kind of stuff. So it's it's very different. It's a unique town, and you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Northern California so much. I I don't see myself living there again, much to my mom and dad's chagrin. Uh, but yeah, you know. but yeah, you know, and I hear you there. It's it's one of those things. Like for me, I'm I'm in it right now. Like I have kids. Their dad is very much a part of their life, and he lives nearby. So that's cool. As a responsible parent, like it makes sense for us to stay here sure and be close to the you know the other parent and um good for you that's good for them you know so that's what's important to me it's a great cost of living here right now yeah. i bought my house 12 years ago this month actually oh wow so i got in at a great time and good for I don't you know, so you know like the cost of living is great i'm 45 minutes from the airport which is you know, I'm, I'm kind of far out in the north northwest okay 
and um yeah yeah good like for Mount you charleston's the next exit <laughs> so oh, okay yeah. so yeah you are out there a bit it's it's yeah. very selfless of you too to stick around so your your ex is around your daughters i mean that's i don't think you see that too often a lot of times even if you stay friends i think it's yeah. easy to say you know what i'm out forget it dude yeah. good luck and that's very cool of you so all right listen oh, i'm taking thanks. up a lot of your time let's do let's do a real treat and, right. and then we real can treat. we can say adieu. So what? So real treat on the show. You know, every week it's something funny <laughs> or something interesting or food, which I think a lot of times I have a guest on that doesn't listen to the show. They immediately think treat as in something to eat, which like literally a food, literally a food, which won't help because today my treat is is a beverage. But either way, it's something cool, something you're digging. So what, what's your real treat this week? So my real treat is a book, actually. Perfect. And it's a light read. It's a book by Dolly Parton, oh. who I think is fantastic. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of life coaching stuff. And anyway, her book is called Dream More. And it's basically just um, she has like these four great hopes that she wants everybody to kind of take on. Dream more, learn more, care more and be more. And she just talks about her her life philosophy and kind of how she got where she is and believing and all of that and I think it's fantastic and it's the kind of like motivational sort of thing I know a little bit on the hammy side but that's my treat I I always want everybody to just like embrace their own sort of self-belief and (laughs) be all that you can be why not I love that that's a great real treat that's my treat (laughs) she's something else too I think it's easy for people to I don't know, maybe, I don't want to say write her off or not think of her, but she's so right. talented. that She's so written fantastic. so... She's a songwriter extraordinaire, which I think a lot of people don't get. I mean, she's written so many hits and so many awards and just, yeah, she's a, a living legend, that's for sure. And the lyrics are stories. You know, these are her stories in a lot of cases. And like, I don't know, she's just a fantastic person and the stuff that she's done to try to make the world a better place with literacy and reading and all that stuff. I just think it's fantastic. She seems like a wonderful human being. I hope I, I get to meet her someday. Well, you should go to Dollywood at least. I know, I've got to do that. <laughs> Where, where's that in like Tennessee or something? Yeah, I believe so. Nashville, yes, or Tennessee somewhere. You know, it's no, it's no Disneyland. I don't think you need to get a season pass to Dollywood. It's true, but you got to go once, right? So you got to go make once. That happen. And you should probably bring your kids for that. I think that's yeah, that would be yeah, that's worth it. And a good actress too. I mean, she's been in some good movies too. Nine to five. Who doesn't love nine to five? Right. And wasn't she in um, what was that movie? It was really sad. Not Steel Mag. Yeah, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Yep, she was in that. That was yeah. a great movie. I mean, too. come she's on. She's been in a lot of stuff. Well. Yeah. As often, Dolly is a great lady. She's fantastic. So dream more. That's a great, that's the title. Dream more. Dream more. All right. Well, it's a great real treat, which even makes my real treat seem very stupid. As <laughs> no, there are no stupid real treats. How about that? There you go. I like that. <laughs> well, I was thinking right now, like what's the first thing that comes to mind that I'm really enjoying? And it's summertime here in California. And so I bought a home brewing iced tea machine. Ooh, nice. Where, yeah, you know, like I think... It's easy to go to Starbucks and waste money on some stupid iced tea. And I don't mind paying for a nice cup of coffee somewhere. But mm-hmm. to me, paying for iced tea is insane because it's, <laughs> it's a tea bag in water. And there's no artistry to making it. No one's, you know, whipping up foam or pulling an espresso shot. It's water with a bag in it. And yeah. very cheaply, I bought, it was like 10 bucks off Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime, of course, which is just like, I love you know. It. Who doesn't love Amazon Prime? That could be a real treat in and of itself. 
But uh, I bought this thing and I've been homebrewing my own iced tea and I make a huge pot of it like on Monday and I just drink it all afternoon, all week long. And it's awesome to just know that I can go in my fridge. Awesome. Oh, it's you know what I want now? I want iced tea in my book. There you go. Get your <laughs> book, get some iced tea and it's so good. And it had me thinking too, like I know there's like sweet tea and it's a big thing in the South. And when I grew up, I had a friend whose mom was from the South and I went to his house one day and she offered me a glass of tea. And I was young. Like, I don't let my kids drink iced tea. It's got a ton of caffeine in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was very young, and that was just part of their, I don't know, lifestyle, that they would drink tea with a ton of sweet and low in it. Yes. My aunt used to make the sweetest tea. Like, it was almost like Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was so sweet. And I still remember that day sitting at his house. His name was Phil. And his mom gave <laughs> me this cup of tea that was like drinking liquid sugar. And it was so good. <laughs> and I still think of it when I drink tea now. That memory still bubbles to the top of my mind. So, yeah, get yourself a – and, it's you know, it's not like – I brew a bunch of hot tea and put it in the fridge. It's this kind of special way where you put a bunch of ice in it and it brews it and you can drink it cold immediately. So Nice. I have to try this. It's great. It's definitely worth uh, worth checking out. So, well, we had some questions and, and certain things to get to, but let's... Questions. Well, <laughs> most of these questions are silly. So normally my show is, is, is very is weird. It's a lot more goofy. And I think a lot of my listeners tend to be, uh, they send in questions that aren't very, I don't know, normal. They're, they're it's dumb. okay. I love Goofy. I well, do. some of these are silly. So you grew up in Las Vegas, and somebody wrote in to ask what your favorite uh, Wet n' Wild ride was. Do you remember oh, Wet n' Wild? I do remember Wet n' Wild, and it's back. I don't know if you know there's a new Wet n' Wild now. but I heard it was back, but in very yeah. Vegas fashion, I was pissed to hear that they closed it. Okay, so Wet n' Wild in Las Vegas, was a huge water park on the Strip. Yep. Huge. And it went out of business, which I guess things do, and it came back as, not in the same location though, right? Yeah, it's no, it's way out in the Southwest now. Oh, okay. So classic Wet n' Wild. I mean, we're talking yep. classic 80s, 90s water park where the rides were a little, you know, maybe the rides could have been a little dangerous. I mean, they probably wouldn't, you know. <laughs> Derstuka. Derstuka. Yeah. yeah. So that was not my favorite, though. My favorite was, and I don't know if I remember the full name, but it was something bonsai. Like, like there was a, it's a two slides, and you ride on a raft going down it. It was something bonsai. Yeah. What was that? That was my favorite one. And oh, man, what was it called? Bonsai something. Bonsai. Maybe it was just bonsai. Maybe it was just bonsai. Remember Bubble Up? Was that what that one was called? Bubble Up. It was like I a kinda... huge, huge rubber bubble that you would climb up with ropes. Oh, right, right, right. I do remember that. Some my sister liked that one. People the probably died pool. on that thing. Yeah, seriously. There was the wave pool. There was the lazy river. Lazy was always river. a nice little thing way yeah. to get around the park. And I don't know what my favorite was. I liked the, it was called the Blue Niagara with the two twisting tubes. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. It was a fun place. I remember, like I said, my dad worked in the casino industry. And every summer, they would give everyone at the casino, they'd have like a day, right? It'd be like Caesar's yeah. Palace Day. And the whole casino would go, all the employees. And that day was magic because as a kid, you get a wristband and you could drink yep. all the soda you wanted. Oh, that's hilarious. And, and I that, love it. That was a good time. So, yeah, it, yeah that was fun times. What, somebody wrote in about your name. They wanted to know if that's your real name or if the two E's, if there's two E's oh. on your birth certificate. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is. It's my real name. My mom, um, so my name's Jamie, J-A-I-M-E-E. My Twitter handle is that twice. I wanted to make it really complicated for people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, my sister is Kimberly, and it's L-E-E. So I don't know. My mom just had a thing, I guess. But oh. you know what's great? I, I discovered, um, well, there's a singer, Amy Mann, if you guys are familiar with her. She used to oh, be in sure. the band Till Tuesday. But her name is spelled just like my name without the J. Ah. And then there's also... Um, if you watch MasterChef, right now there is a contestant whose name is Jamie, spelled exactly like mine. So I do see it around uh, here and there. So I'm not I'm not the only one. Nice. But yeah, uh, that's, that's funny. It. Your so your mom dislikes ease. I think so. Yeah, and yeah, Kimberly and Jamie and um, yeah, and that's really how it's spelled. It's on my birth certificate that way, and I've known no other way. <laughs> so. That's so awesome. And so what's your your website is just your name twice, right? Like so if anybody wants to check out Jamie, like you said, follow her on Twitter, yep. Jamie Jamie, and your own podcast, unprofesh.com, yep. which yep. you say is gonna be on hiatus, but there's a hundred of them to check yep. out. Yep, and the hundredth episode airs this Thursday, so you know, it hasn't even aired yet. But yeah, the hundredth episode um yeah and I w- i've only actually been on since episode 74 i took over um and and you know the other co-host um left in december and so i was i had been a guest and they invited me to to be the new co-host so that's it's, cool it's been fantastic so yeah so you were like the best guest ever then and they said hey promotion damn right no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well you know it just dave and i had started another project and then then lex the other co-host had announced we hadn't launched our other project yet and dave and i had really kind of established a good chemistry where he thought you know like hey let's just why don't we just do this this seems like a, a good transition so we put our other project on hold and that's now we're gonna now that we've hit 100 episodes we're gonna put press pause on on profession our other project is called hovercraft to paris and mm. um so yeah gonna do a few of those nice well good for you for having po- passion projects and all that fun <laughs> stuff it's it's important all passion all the time there you go <laughs> every project's a passion project <laughs> that's the title of your your book these are great questions okay yeah i, I guess you're right they're, they're not that bad. <laughs> so it's the end of the show we're saying goodbye what song should i be piping into the headphones as we we bid adieu. The song that I think that we should bid adieu to is The Secret of Life by The Dead Milkman. Oh, nice. I know you just recently had the drummer from The Dead Milkman. <laughs> we did. We had uh, Dean Sabatino on the show, and I met him in person, and this has been a band that I've loved since high school. And so, yep, The Secret of Life. So it's Dream Big, you know, Dream Big with Dolly Parton and The Secret of Life with The Dead Milkman. These are all the tools you need to have the best life ever how about that yeah, two opposite ends of the musical <laughs> spectrum too i mean you're you're very ranged on these things <laughs> i love music that's perfect i you know what i i never really i don't know the dead milkman that well it's one of those bands like there's the misfits and there's certain bands like that yeah. where i feel like you either really got into them in your formative years and they mean yeah. they, they mean something special to you because they represent a time in your life or something and I think if I went to them now as, you know, uh, an older idiot who isn't <laughs> the same, <laughs> I, I bet you I wouldn't have the same appreciation for it. So is that is that kind of why you like them so much? You picked them up as a kid? You know, 
I do. It just defines a lot of fantastic, um, you know, times of my youth. And yeah, and, and this song in particular, like, it just reminds me of like some of the best times ever with my sister growing up. And nice. it's not necessarily representative of like their body of work. <laughs> like they have some more hardcore stuff, hardcore-ish stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're a satirical punk band. And this one's not very punk. It's just adorable and beautiful, and I love it. Ah, nice. Well, it sounds like it's a perfect song to say goodbye to, and uh, thank you for choosing that. Um, all right, well, listen, I'll let you go. It's been super fun. Uh, like I said, it's if we just had coffee together for an hour, uh, I'd walk away from this saying this was great. and New friend. the same. New friend. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, well, it sounds like, like you said, you travel often, and so do I. So if we ever happen to be in the same town at the same time, we should definitely have a coffee for reals and IRL, definitely. as they say. IRL. That's what I, I keep my travel schedule. All my conferences are posted online on my site there. So, yeah, like definitely. Um, yeah. Nice. See if we can cross paths one of these days. Certainly. And, you know, it'll probably end up being like Southwest Southwest or some other thing like I that. I know, so. right? It's always somewhere far away. Like I run into more people I know from Vegas in other places. Of I course. just hung out with my friend in dc actually maybe i'll see you at disneyland and we'll have lunch together that would be fantastic but if i go i'll probably bring my kids i'm just just putting that out there i'll do that again <laughs> We're, we do our like an annual december trip so yeah nice. we try to that's awesome always do that that's awesome well this was great again thank you so much for your time and i appreciate you. you coming on good to meet you <laughs> awesome. awesome thanks take care all right thanks jamie take care Bye. bye-bye all right hooray Thank you so much, Jamie. That was really fun, and I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, follow Jamie. Check her out. She's great. She's funny. Her own show, unprofesh.com, is worth checking out. It's kind of the behind the scenes on interesting people, designers, movie directors, things like that. If you're a podcast person, it's definitely worth your time. And if you're a Twitter person, she's definitely worth a follow. And that's that. So thank you so much for listening. This is Dan Fields. You're listening to Save It For The Show. That was episode 108. We'll be back next week. Eddie and I will be doing a show, and we will keep on keeping on. And if you're new to the show, like I said, stick around. Check out an old show. Typically, it's Eddie and I sitting around trying to make each other laugh and sharing those raw, honest stories that you guys like so much and that we certainly like sharing as well. And that's it. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.